The Oxford English Dictionary defines faith four different ways. The first is a system of religious belief. Of course, we all understand that, and depending on what religion you're from, well, you could believe any number of things, which may or may not be worth anything whatsoever. Definition two tells us that faith can be a strongly held belief or theory. Now, everyone has a lot of theories. Everybody thinks they know the answers. Everyone wants to tell everyone else that they know just as much as anyone on any given number of subjects. Most people only think they know the truth because they always talk about silly things like, I need to walk in my truth. I am going to find the way to get to the truth. But what about when the truth refers to something they did wrong? Are they truthful with themselves? Are they as self-effacing as they would be willing to come after you or me if they saw a flaw? Faith can be complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now we're talking about a person, not just an idea. It could be just an idea, but yes, could there be someone, something greater than me that I might believe in? But what kind of belief is that? Actually, we, we know Scripture tells us faith without works is dead, so you can say all you want. Lip service won't get it done. You must nail down who or what you believe in. So let's look at definition number four. Number four tells us that faith can be a strong belief in God, that's a capital G, by the way, or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Hmm. Let's look and see what the Bible might have to say on it. What do you mean by that? Well, let's just consider for a moment the substance of the God with the capital G mentioned in that fourth definition in the Oxford English Dictionary. Yes, if we're going to have faith, there needs to be substance. It isn't just enough to put your faith in the wind. He who sows to the wind will reap a whirlwind. We've heard that all our lives. So many people put their faith in things. They have no idea what they're doing. But they're running. They're running from God, the one mentioned in the Bible. The second part of that verse, the evidence of things not seen. What do you mean? How can there be evidence for something we can't see? Well, not everything is of the physical realm. Yes. You could say there's some subjectivity there, but for those of us who are in Christ, those who have received him as Savior and Lord of our lives, who have felt the change, have seen the difference in our lives on the Holy Spirit, took charge. We know it isn't just a physical thing. It touches us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We aren't the same people. We don't just do things anymore. We're not trying to prove anything to people. We don't go out and do good because it makes us feel good. Sure, it does. But instead, we realize that we are being driven by the power of the Lord. He controls our thinking. Whatever we think, say, and do, they all need to glorify God. Well, that's a very difficult thing to do. How do we do that? We don't. We can't. When Christ saved us, those of us who have become Christians, we were spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. What does that mean? That means simply, we could no more accept the gospel 
than a squirrel could. A squirrel can't understand the gospel. Why? It doesn't speak our language. It doesn't have the mental faculties. Jesus didn't die on the cross for that squirrel. It would be irrelevant. In the same way, though, it's irrelevant in our lives when we think that we sit on the throne, that we are the God of our own lives. And unless God does a miracle, yes, it takes a miracle to break us out of the thinking that our natural father, the devil, you heard me say it, you heard me right. The Bible tells us we were born in sin. Thinking about God, talking about God, does you no more good than being the world's greatest orator, the world's greatest preacher, who has spoken in arenas all around the world and has led thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people to the truth and accepting the Savior, Jesus Christ. And then, never bows the knee, never admits that he or she needs a Savior, declaring spiritual bankruptcy, understanding that they possess nothing here or here that can save them. They are completely without answers. They do not have the currency required for the salvation they need. One of the things that drives me crazy is I hear little Bo Peep preaching. I think John MacArthur likes to use that expression. But what I'm talking about here is the kind of preaching where we just use free association, join one idea with another. I heard a preacher one time talking about how Christians are are superheroes. Really? Really? What was that? Marvel Comics 1-7? If we are the superheroes, then who is Jesus? Do superheroes need a savior? Is there something I'm missing here? That's not the gospel. That's not in the word. There's nothing about us being superheroes. Yes, we are super overcomers, but that's based on Obedience, consistency, and learning, and growing, and living, sharing the Word of God. You can't just tell someone something. You've got to live it. I like to say, if you can't live it, you can't give it to anyone. And for the record, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Often, you'll hear silly things. You'll read it. You'll hear about it, you'll experience it around people who have no idea. They call themselves Christians, and yet they speak like they've never understood any part of the God of the Bible. Why is that? Well, they could be newly saved, or could be that they only think they are saved. Joel Osteen wrote a book entitled Your Best Life Now. Wasn't that a wonderful title? Doesn't everyone just automatically jump up and celebrate such a title. I mean, who wouldn't want us to have our best life now? Jesus. What do you mean, you say? Let me ask you a question. If this earth is where your best life is, what happens when you die? Think about it. Think about it carefully. No. In Christ, this is, if you will, if you want to use a comparative sense, this is a worse life now. The next life is going to be your best life.
And we have got to divorce ourselves as Christians from all this crazy ideology that says it's about me and it's what I want. And hey, my brother's having a problem. Hey, it's no skin off my nose. So I'm not going to pray for that person because you know what? They're a cancer. I don't want to have anything to do with them. What if the Lord felt that way? What if he looked at us? Do you really think that you're that lovable in the natural? Do you really think you have any worth in and of yourself? Do you believe that Jesus came to die for your sins because it felt good? you think you have anything that you can offer to God that would make you desirable? Think again. You don't. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about what faith is not. When we talk about faith, often we hear people talk in general terms. You know, I have faith in God. I, I just believe. I think. I hope. I, I'm just holding out for. That's not faith. Some might call it hope. Some might call it false hope. I find that very disturbing to hear people talk this way. 